welcome to Head in the Cloud. I'm your host, John Svazek. This is episode 7 for 2017. So for today's podcast, uh, we're going to do things differently again. I know last podcast I said that we're going to do things differently because I had no notes and I just decided I was just going to wing it and I was going to talk about all sorts of crazy stuff in terms of inter-team relationships and whatnot. So in this podcast, I decided that I've been doing way too much talking and I wanted to get myself somebody who actually knows what they're talking about. So in today's podcast, we're going to be talking with uh, Ishe uh, Tensor. I apologize. I'm pretty sure I just screwed that up, but that's okay because uh, Ishai's a really good guy. He's going to talk about uh, some privacy issues and data residency stuff um, on the podcast with us today. So, uh, Ishai, welcome. Thank you, John. So Happy to be here. <laughs> happy to have you, that's for sure. So, I mean, data residency, this is something that has kind of has me worried uh, in terms of my current position, just because we do have a lot of international customers. So I'm very well aware of the importance of understanding what data residency is, how important it can be, how that relates to privacy. Um, and oftentimes I feel that privacy itself is often overlooked by uh, people that are new to security. And this is within the cloud or without, doesn't really matter. But the landscape in terms of security and privacy, especially as far as Europe is concerned, is definitely changing uh, with the uh, GDPR that's coming out, or it's coming into effect next May, I believe it is. That's May 2018, mm -hmm. in case we're listening yes, in the future. <laughs> um, I, I figured this was a relevant topic to talk about, and I, I did the old call to the void and say, hey, Anybody want to talk about data residency and privacy? And and sure enough, you answered my call. So welcome, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, John. Uh, so uh, yeah, can I you... will give a short introduction about myself, and let's uh, dive into the questions. Perfect. Let's let's do it. My name is Ishai. I run a software development company called Initech for the last seven years. We deal with the uh, we make. Uh, digital products in the areas of web, mobile, Internet of Things, and in the last two years, we play with chatbots. So privacy, by the way, our company based in Israel, in Tel Aviv, and Israel, it's a great uh, corner to be here because it's uh, well connected both to the USA and to Europe. So we always hear about the news from both sides of the globe, <laughs> and we can uh, uh, see the, late, uh, the latest trends and uh, the latest uh, changes in the regulatory and the policy. Mm -hmm. yeah, I've heard so some... I came across the privacy by design about two years ago when uh, we began to work with international uh, customers that uh, have users in many different places in the globe and they began to ask some uh, strange questions. If I have a user in Europe and I am a USA based uh, company, uh, do I have a special uh, regulations to enforce or 
if I'm Australian uh, company, may I allow to take uh, hosting uh, services outside of Australia? And, and when we heard uh, such questions, we began to learn and to speak with, uh, with uh, people in this uh, area and to understand more what is privacy by design and what is privacy applications on the cloud computing and on the web and mobile products. Uh, it's a very, very big area uh, that many people look on it from diff different angles. Some of them they speak about the law enforcement and the regulatory. Some of them uh, uh, try to understand and to work with the technicals, the beaten pieces. And it's very important to understand the global picture, to understand the the main issues and to know how to find the right expert for your particular question or per, per your particular uh, uh, situation. Right. Yeah. And this is this is kind of you kind of hit the nail on the head with uh, the question of, of these customers that came to you earlier and saying, well, I don't have to worry about anything, right? The fact that my business is located in a different country doesn't mean that I have to abide by the rules of my customers in, a, say, another country. So, yeah, this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, one of the biggest mistakes that many startups and many companies think about it. They think that if they are located in some country, they need to obey only the laws of this, of this country. And it's completely wrong. Uh, uh, the EU, uh, the, Euro, the European Union, have a very restricted policy regarding the privacy and uh, the data protection. We're speaking about data residency. What kind of, uh, of data I, I save on servers and in which locations. So it's very important to understand what uh, what, are, what is the geographical locations of your users and to understand which laws, which privacy laws you need to obey. So when we talk about uh, the data, is there any particular type of data that we are, that would be considered say more sensitive than others? Of course, uh, we we can split. Basically, we can split the data issues to two main categories, or even uh, let's uh, let's speak about three main categories. One category it's a public data. Public data it's a data shared in a, it's shared for free in a, in the internet. It's not particularly connected to any specific user. It could be a data about uh, weather, about uh, currency exchange, about uh, <laughs> the news, or anything that it's not related to a specific user and it, or to, to specific subject. This data, it's, uh, it's basically free from the privacy perspective, and it could be saved in any locations and, uh, and no restriction on it. 
The second lever, it's a personal data. When we speak about uh, some specific person, we speak about his name, we speak about his uh, geographical location, age, a, a, maybe some, uh, some uh, personal information or information about his uh, history of actions, what, what kind of actions it, it took on your, on your application, on your system. Uh, it could be information about his traveling, information about, uh, about uh, his, uh, his searches in the web, or, or other different information that's called a personal information. Personal information, it's a second level of restricted information. And on personal information, we have many uh, regulatory obligations. If we're speaking about the most restricted information, it's called a, pri a, a private information or a privacy information. We're, we're speaking here about his health information, about the finance information, about uh, uh, messaging, uh, his messages, uh, his communication, his uh, his uh, his password, of course, and so on. Hmm. So it's a most restricted information, and the most regulatory uh, focus on these areas. Right. So I know that, for example, in the United States, there's regulations like HIPAA which are designed specifically for healthcare records and any sort of health data. Uh, mm -hmm. There's Sarbanes-Oxley, which is normally used for uh, financial uh, information as well. Uh, so there are a number of regulations within the United States. So for people that are based, if, if an organization is based in North America or based in specifically the United States, they have their own local regulations, but in addition to that, they also need to be aware of the regulations where their customers lie, correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Yes, uh, uh, definitely correct. Uh, they also need to concern the regulations of their users' uh, geographic locations. Let's, uh, for the simplicity, let's speak about uh, Europe and USA. Okay. <laughs> it's the, it's the, basically I, it's uh, two the biggest uh, places where most of your uh, customers are located. Yeah, I, I figure we probably cover about, I don't know, 20% of the world's traffic if we, if we focus on those two regions. So I think that's a, that's a fair assessment. <laughs> good, 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 good. So basically, if we speak about uh, the regulatory situation in Europe right now, there was a safe harbor agreement between Europe and different other locations, including USA, mm -hmm. that was that was enabling uh, companies to store uh, data about uh, European citizens on uh, on uh, servers and on hostings and on databases of uh, uh, USA companies in the USA location or of uh, different other countries, for example, like Israel. Israel was also was a part of the of the safe harbor. Safe harbor agreement have been cancelled about 
a year ago, and uh, there was a long negotiations about all the sides, about the new regulations that will enter. Uh, GDPR regulation, as you mentioned, that will enter in the in in about a year from now, in 2008, uh, May 2008, I think so. Right. And they will they will provide the new basic infrastructure of how we can save the information of uh, different uh, uh, of of. Basically, how we can save the information of uh, the European citizens. Mm-hmm. For now, it is restricted to save the information on European citizens, on uh, USA uh, servers or, or USA hosting. So, for now, you need to consider using uh, 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 EU-based servers to save the information uh, uh, on your EU users. It's pretty hard for startups in the beginning that they have a, a, a little traffic to start considering, okay, I have a user from USA. Oh, I need to save him in USA. Oh, I have a user from uh, Paris. <laughs> no, I need to save him in, in the Amazon location in Europe. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty hard, but it's the law. Mm-hmm. So one of the solutions is uh, to start with uh, to run your alpha beta on a restricted geographical area. Let's say USA or Europe. If you're running uh, on the on the same geographical location, uh, you need to apply only to the local laws. So if you run it in USA, you could open a, a USA-based uh, uh, server uh, hosting. And if you run on Europe, you can use a, a, a Europe-based server. You always should uh, remember that a big providers like Amazon, Rackspace, Digital Ocean, allow you to choose uh, which uh, hosting location would you like to use. They provide you uh, several options, but the default is always USA. So if you would like to open Amazon uh, Seven in a Europe location, you should uh, you should check it. Uh, you should uh, uh, explicitly choose it because the default is always USA. Right. And one of the nice things about the cloud is the ability to easily move or bring up new servers uh, as needed uh, in these different environments relatively quickly, especially compared to, you know, the the old data uh, center model where you had to purchase and provision and set up all these servers in your your local data centers. So if you wanted mm-hmm. to go to Europe, you'd have to get a European data center or, or a uh, colo location that you could set up these environments in. The cloud, like I'll, I'll pick on Amazon because I'm most familiar with them. So you could set up uh, your primary data center in North Virginia, which is, is the default Amazon region for US East one. Uh, but then you could go mm-hmm. EU central one, which is London. And maybe you pick smaller instances there. 
So you, maybe you don't yes. have as many users, but you can get uh, smaller servers uh, to meet the need that's that's just as, as well provisioned. And likewise, you can get uh, database hosting in the uh, uh, European region as well. So you're, you're saving, not only are you sending the user experience to the web servers in the EU, you're also storing the data in EU, which is ultimately what, what, uh, what we're saying here, right? Is, is with privacy, you need to keep it in the geographic location of the user to comply with, with those laws. And as we've seen with uh, Microsoft and more recently with Google, uh, the laws don't necessarily, you can't just say, well, you know, I have my data in a different country, therefore I'm not, a, uh, I don't have to uh, abide by your laws, uh, Mr. Country of Residence of my user. Now, I think with, with Google, it was a little bit different because it was a U.S. government that was basically forcing them to take data out of uh, Europe, I believe it was. Uh, because they said, well, you can see it on a web page in the United States, so that's the same as you storing the data here and uh, mm -hmm. whatnot. But um, in a, I mean, in addition to being able to bring up these, these data centers rather quickly, you can use something like Route 53, which is Amazon's uh, DNS service, and actually do mm -hmm. redirection based on GeoIP data. So if, yes. you, if you do have that user that's, say, coming from Paris, they can just automatically be redirected to the European uh, servers without anyone even noticing, and mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you don't have any you don't have any uh, need for concern that way. So that's actually really handy as well. Yes, 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 yes. You need uh, to make sure that your uh, cloud architectures support uh, such uh, distributed uh, server locations. Uh, it could be a little bit problematic for startup in the beginning. It's not uh, uh, that uh, uh, doesn't uh, have experts in the area of uh, of uh, working with Amazon and working with other uh, cloud hosting. But basically, yes, for there are many different possibilities to make the right cloud uh, architecture for your system and to use uh, Amazon services and whatever other services in order to uh, send uh, uh, the user uh, to his closest uh, 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 server in his uh, geographical area and it will improve the latency, it will improve the, the user uh, experience and of course it will be it will uh, it will obligate the the law the privacy law in the field right so i mean in addition to protecting the user's privacy um what are your thoughts on privacy policies in terms of mm -hmm. making sure that you obviously we need to have them but what about communicating them with your end users mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so many many companies try to use uh, the privacy policy to to make it uh, to make this document to cover uh, <laughs> to cover the s in uh, in any case 
of, of, uh, of failing uh, to provide the service or uh, or case of uh, of, st- of, st- of stealing uh, user data and whatever uh, the privacy policy and we see it from different uh, lawsuits the privacy policy of sites applications must be very clear they must explain to the euro to the user uh, what the exact use of their data of their uh, of their private data uh, uh, that will that will happen during the using of uh, this specific application or site so it's very important to write the privacy notes very carefully and very clearly it's not uh, something that you should uh, only give your uh, lawyer to do it and you put it as is the lawyer will do the <laughs> the lawyer will give you the framework uh, the regulatory framework how it should be written but it's very important that uh, you will uh, review it and make sure it's very clear also it's very important to think again and again what kind of data I should collect from my users you should uh, avoid uh, collected unnecessary data about your users yeah we all know that data is a king but uh, in the today reality many users uh, reviewing carefully what kind of permissions uh, the application uh, request from uh, uh, from them and what is uh, and they read uh, a privacy policy of sites and there are many tools that uh, could compare the privacy policy of uh, some site with uh, the standard privacy po- policy and they the users are very suspicious about unnecessary data collection so you should think carefully what kind of data would you like to collect from your users and you need to provide them a real benefit a real value for the data that you collect from them excellent we talk and we talk about lawyers and obviously lawyers love their legalese as I like to call it in terms of writing everything in a way that nobody fully understands. And I think we've mm-hmm. seen demonstrations of organizations that have done this in the past where they've written up a privacy policy that tends to be either very difficult to understand or ends up asking for more than you think is reasonable for the, uh, for the product at hand. And that tends to set up alarms or set off alarms, I should say. Uh, and mm-hmm. people start questioning, well, why do you need all this extra information? So I think your point about making sure you only collect the data you absolutely need is probably one of the more important takeaways uh, for, for our conversation here. But going back to lawyers, um, when it comes to privacy, do you think that it's good enough just to get your standard legal counsel to take a look at it? Or is there a particular type of, of lawyer that you should be looking for when it comes to privacy 
generally I believe that uh, you always should uh, consult with the right expert. In most of the cases, your regular uh, lawyer uh, haven't heard yet about the privacy by design and the privacy policies. So, as in many other cases, you always should choose somebody, some lawyers that understand, uh, deeply understand this area and deeply understand the issues in this area. For example, in uh, Israel, we work, we as a technological partner of many companies, work very closely with lawyers that focused on the privacy by design. So it's very important to choose somebody that understand this area and and understand the uh, technical uh, implementations of, uh, of, of, of the of the privacy policies because because this lawyer uh, would need to work with your team with your uh, subcontractors and will need to instruct them what exactly they should do in order to uh, fit the policy they will do the technical stuff but the lawyer need to have the same language with them right perfect yeah so obviously you know privacy is important obviously this is something that regardless of what industry you're in and regardless if, if you're cloud-based or not you need to worry about but you, i think it's time to to bring the ramifications of privacy to the forefront for for the audience so do you have any examples uh, of organizations that maybe didn't take privacy so seriously and maybe resulted in a lawsuit or two that you could share with us? Of course. Uh, let's uh, start with the unicorns. Uh, Facebook has several uh, lawsuits <laughs> in Europe. No, <laughs> really? Facebook? Yes, I, unbelievable. Yes. <laughs> yes, about a about user request to delete and remove all his data. Uh, what called in the professional language uh, the right to be forgotten. So it's basically when user asks from you to erase all his uh, personal data in your systems. Uh, and uh, 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 Facebook, uh, uh, in the beginning, Facebook uh, wasn't happy <laughs> with this request and they just ignored him. There was many uh, such cases that they uh, just ignored and uh, s some of them uh, go to the court and even now, there are some uh, open cases in the court, and uh, the <laughs> and in many of these cases, uh, Facebook will pay penalty and will erase data. So, if user came to you and ask you to erase a prior, his personal data, please do so. I know it's very. Uh, I know that in some situations it could be very hard. Uh, think about it. 
you should erase his data not only from the current uh, DB. You should erase it from all your backups. So many companies uh, planned and implement, and we did it for our customers, a special system that allow to erase data uh, when, you, uh, uh, when you take data from your backups because you need to erase the user data even from your backups. It's not always easy. It's <laughs> in most of the cases, it's very hard from the technical point of view. But you need to assure that no user data kept in your system after his request. Right. So there are many uh, cases of uh, of companies that uh, ref refused to raise the personal data of uh, the users. There are also many uh, privacy violations. Uh, companies that uh, shared the user, the user uh, uh, data with the other companies. Uh, actually, in Israel, we have many uh, lawsuits in the last year of sharing uh, user data with other companies or selling user data. And of course, it, was, it wasn't covered by the privacy policy of these uh, companies. Another issue that uh, is connected, it's a, it's a spam law. Uh, many uh, companies uh, use email marketing, uh, use, uh, uh, use private emails that they received from uh, users during the registration uh, process in order to, to send commercial information, to send the ads, and try to bring the user again to the same service or to some new service. And of course, you need to obligate to the uh, spam law in your country or in the country of your users. And uh, there are many, many lawsuits in this area as well. And who said that uh, worldwide distribution was simple? <laughs> the, yeah. glo the global economy is, it'll save it'll save us all. Uh, the global the, the global economy actually it's uh, very hard. There are a huge percent of companies that not obligate to these uh, laws and they pray that everything will go okay. And in many cases it does. But uh, if somebody suits you, you're in a big problem. <laughs> yeah, it, it's good until it's not, and then when it's not, yes, and you yes, face yes. some some very uh, very stiff fines that can either mm -hmm. either cripple or completely bring down an organization. Um, mm -hmm. I know. Yes. So like we've we've spoken briefly about it. The GDPR, when that comes into effect, I mean the fines that are associated with that. Yeah. Are, are insane like you're looking I, yeah. be, I believe sorry i believe the the last time i checked i think if you have a data breach uh you can be fined up to two percent of your your annual revenue or uh, can't remember if it's five million euros or ten million euros exactly um, and it, could, it, it, it basically could uh, close your company uh, close your business absolutely absolutely mm -hmm. so i think 
I think we're in agreement that for anyone listening, don't just take our word for it. Go find yourself a privacy lawyer. Go find someone who is well-versed in European law or privacy law. They will be expensive. I'm going to warn you right now. They are going to be very expensive because they're in demand. These are the COBOL developers in 1999 where everybody yes. is charging a premium because mm -hmm. there's, there's an event mm -hmm. on the horizon and everyone's going to be freaking out about it. But it's an investment. We need to, as uh, if you have... As an organization, if you have business in Europe or you're dealing with Europeans you and you have any notion of private data or anything that be, can be considered PII or personal identifiable information, get a lawyer involved, get, get started now. And you're probably a little late anyway, but try to figure out that strategy. Um, mm -hmm. So... Mm -hmm. Also, I would like to warn you about using... Uh, uh, subcontractors about using outsourcing from uh, countries like like India, Pakistan, Ukraine, Russia, and uh, other uh, East Europe uh, countries. Right. Uh, think about it. When you use uh, such a subcontractor or when you use such outsourcing services uh, in these countries where their privacy policy <laughs> are very leak. Uh, they may, they, they may, they might do the the privacy bridge, and they might steal or or send the information of your of your users to somebody else to the third party, and and you will receive the lawsuit. So they will right. sue you. Yeah, no, so, exactly. It, it'll it'll start with mm -hmm. who the contract was originally signed with, right? It will be your organization. They don't care that your subcontractor may have broken all the other mm -hmm. laws. You, by mm -hmm. association, are responsible for them. Uh, pretty standard in, in contracts now, uh, for those who aren't familiar, you are responsible for what your third parties do. And if you're subcontracting something, they are going to be you're the one ultimately held responsible for their actions so keep that in mind you're absolutely right mm -hmm. you know keep keep in mind who has access so to you, the you, data. you choose carefully your subcontractors choose carefully their locations and where they are incorporated in order to make sure that if there will be any problems in the future you have uh, you will have the the, the option to make legal uh, uh, legal actions against them and uh, to save your users and your company. Right. So it's very important to check out your third parties, your partners, your uh, subcontractors to explain them carefully that they are explored to the uh, uh, to their to your users information and to make sure that under, that they understand it both in the contract side and in the and in in, in general and make sure that you are protected yeah great advice okay well that pretty much covers all the questions i had uh, was there anything you wanted to touch on as well, uh, Ishai, or is that? Uh... I think the I, I think we covered the main uh, main topics. 
I will be happy if you, John, will share the presentation about privacy by design that I shared with you. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to have if that. You, if uh, you add it to the podcast notes. Yeah, yeah that'll be in the show notes for sure. If somebody has some specific uh, questions, uh, they may reach me by via email. Oh, excellent. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. How can people reach you? Email. My Just, my my email could be a great way. Also, I use LinkedIn, so my LinkedIn profile and my email are the best ways to reach me. Excellent. I'll make sure to put all your contact information in the show notes as well, just to make things easier for people. And perfect. Well, with that, cool. uh, well, people, if they want to reach me, um, you can reach me on uh, the website, uh, myheadinthe.cloud. I'm on Twitter at John's Not Here. You can find uh, the Facebook fan page for the podcast. Uh, so far, we haven't sued Facebook because we don't have any PII on there for anyone to, <laughs> to worry about. Uh, that's on facebook.com slash myheadinthecloud. Uh, I'm on PeerList. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, you can go from there. I don't have any fancy emails or Twitter handles for the show itself, so I'm pretty pretty simple and approachable. Uh, but with that, uh, Ishai, thank you so much for coming on to talk about uh, privacy. And thank you, John. It was a pleasure. And everything with us. You're always welcome to come back if there's other topics you want to touch base uh, with ooh, with us ooh, on. Ooh, you know, I you're will. always welcome to come on. Uh, extend that to everyone who has ever come on the podcast, a grand total of two people. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's okay. We're young and we're new and we're spry and we're having fun. Uh, but it was a pleasure having you on, sir. Thank you again so much for your, Thank you, your insights. And as for everyone else, uh, stay safe and have a great week. Mm -hmm.